Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from Gotham City, I'll be your commissioner, Dave Trumbor. Joining me as always, my co-host and billionaire playboy, Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going, billionaire playboy? David, 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 I'm doing well. How about yourself? That's a great billionaire playboy voice. Now, quick, give me your crime Thank fighter you. vigilante voice. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. It was really good. Unfortunately, Sean just blew his throat out, so he's going to be silent for the rest of the show, so I will take it from here. He's trying. <laughs> uh, no, that was actually really good. Really good. Oh, I don't know nice. if you could do it for like... Mm, 18 hours in a sound booth like Kevin Conroy had to do. but It's interesting for Batman, the animated series, Batman speaks more than I would think Batman would actually have conversations. Yeah, especially in the episodes that we watch. There's a whole lot of Batman talking right. going on. But they also, they also gave times for like just dialogueless action too, which I thought was really nice and nice right. kind of breather moment. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like Conroy's not talking the entire time, but I mean, that, that growl. That growl, though, mm. that, is, that is throat shattering at some point. So I, I got to tell you. So much respect to that man. I don't know. I love his Batman voice, obviously. Everybody does. His Bruce Wayne voice cracks me up. Is the best. Because it's, it's just like. It's so fucking good. It's just like, oh, a white guy just walked into the room. Like, it's very. <laughs> yeah. Hello, David. How are you doing today? <laughs> that's a little. That's a Will Ferrell. Good kind to of see thing you, David. On, but, Wonderful. But no, it's great. It's great. Inimitable. Obviously, we're talking about Batman the Animated Series. Holy crap, you guys. This is our 99th episode. Woo! We're so excited right now. Sean and I have been talking about this for a very long time, and I'm, it's crazy that it's finally here, but it's also awesome that it's finally here. So we've, we've got a cool episode lined up for you guys tonight. It's a little bit different from what we usually do, and then a very special episode coming up for 100, but you'll have to wait a week for that one, unfortunately. Woohoo! Teasing. Yeah, just a little bit. Hey, if they've, tease. if they've stuck with us this long, then they, they know what's coming. They'll be all right. <laughs> They're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. Oh, man. This show. Yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about it a little bit, because I feel like this one, we don't really need to delve into too much of the history, because I feel like if you know any cartoons, it's probably this one. You've probably at least heard about it. You knew it was in like the mid-90s. It's obviously about Batman. You know it's fantastic. What else do you need to know? This show, for me is in, in many ways one of the reasons that we started this podcast. Right. And I know that we've mentioned this before. This was the show that when I would get off the school bus, I would run home to watch. Yeah, definitely. You it never want to miss on, an episode of this. No, absolutely not. This came on in the afternoon. And even if I had already watched the episode previously, right. I still wanted to watch it again. This, this I want to say, I, I feel like I did this for somewhere between like three years of just watching uh, Batman the Animated Series as much as possible. Just, I think it was, what was it, Fox after school? Yeah, definitely. Fox. And, you know, this cartoon, I feel like, spoiled me for some of the other things that then I had either watched previously and have now watched uh, post-Batman TAS as an adult because this, this sets a very high bar for things. And I know that we've, we've talked about this, especially in uh, last episode in 98 where uh, we discussed Cowboy Bebop, but I feel like Batman the Animated Series not only has that place in my heart for all the nostalgia that I had growing up, uh, and, but it also it sets such a high bar for being such an excellent program that it kind of spoiled me for some of these other things. I, I hold this show against 
as criteria against a lot of other things that I've watched. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's literally like the bar that you have to surpass. Or if you fall beneath it, then just get what? Guess what? You're just not as good as Batman the Animated Series, which is no, right. you know, not that bad. It's just that this for me, it was a very, it was at a formative time. It was something I had never really seen before. I mean, the closest thing to that was probably Gargoyles around the same time. But that was right. a, you know, for me, that was a brand new property, whereas Batman had, you know, 30, 40 years of, uh, or more of, um, of comic book history already built into it. And it was just a very different view from the previous Batman com- um, cartoons that came before it. The ones that came before were kind of in that Adam West style or the Super Friends style, where it was God, not necessarily slapsticky, but just kind of way more cartoonish, which is fine. That's just how sure. it was in the 60s, 70s, 80s. They tacked on a little bit of camp, and it was it yes. was fun, and you know it was all right. And then it definitely got but out nothing, of hand in the eighties with the Super Friends once they ballooned up to all right. those crazy proportions. But but nothing had the grit that this had in the nineties. And as a kid, kind of growing up and and having this come on, as you had mentioned, during those formative years when you're you're building opinions and you're you're watching things and you're enjoying them and you're figuring out whether or not you like them or not. This was one of those shows that. I don't know. I felt like I, I glommed onto this right away. I was like, this is, this is what I want a cartoon to be. Yeah. And look, it was different for like your, it was a different part of the palette too. So like, you know, I like the Animaniacs and the Simpsons and anything else that was on TV around this time. I mean, I still watch that stuff, but this wasn't a comedy, obviously. Uh, it was just pretty much a straight up drama slash action with some comedic elements. Like the writing was fantastic for the show because they were able to do everything so well. There really wasn't like a weak, point and this just sounds like kind of fanboy talking right now but honestly if you go back like they still held up today we watched two episodes sean and myself have been watching episodes just for fun in our own time and i mean for me they still hold up and i'm, I'm finding new things as i watch them now after you know 20 plus years of of being able to uh watch tv in the last few years thinking you know thinking about it more critically i'm, I'm still finding stuff now that like makes me laugh in a new light or that i'm just like wow that's really impressive or stuff that i didn't appreciate when i was a kid so right. definitely worth revisiting. I mean, there's some of these shots that are like, even if they're just establishing shots, they're gorgeous and they're, they're yeah. beautifully illustrated, but they're also wonderfully framed and very artistically done. Whereas if you watch some, and I'm not just talking cartoons, this goes for live action, movies, everything. They just, a lot of the stuff just doesn't even measure up to this animated series, which is crazy. Right. And we have Eric Radomski to thank for all of these cityscapes and, and everything that's included in this. I mean. He just, he's just done such a fabulous job of making this look sort of like a, a 50s kind of uh, aesthetic within Gotham City that it, it just it falls so well into place and you, you never doubt kind of what's happening in there for a second. But the, the city is and feels alive and active the entire time. Right. Yeah, and the, the style of it is super cool too. I mean, I think they, even earlier than the 50s, it does kind of have that classical kind of like the classic lines to it that look like 50s Cadillac pretty much everywhere but I think right. it actually goes back to even earlier to like early 40s of like the the Fleischer Studios cartoons so like they're really really early Superman cartoons with kind of the very the simple designs but like bold bold choices um and we we know that uh, Bruce Tim had mentioned that a lot of his inspiration was in fact those early early 40s Superman mm-hmm. comics as well as also the the pulp magazines that were were prevalent in the 40s and the 50s uh but just you know and and the crazy thing to think and I, I didn't realize this is that you know Bruce Tim has been working on some uh, on some of the cartoons that we have watched and loved 
our entire life. Yep. And things that we've talked about on the show, like Freakazoid, uh, he's worked on Tiny Toon Adventures. I mean, there's just, there's so many things that he's been a part of. Uh, we, we've talked the real Ghostbusters before. And so these are all franchises. They're all IP that he's worked on, that he's done a fantastic job. And, and this was one of the first things that he really was able to lend his direct influence and skill on. And you have to realize that when this show came out, nobody would have ever thought that in 2016, current day, that there are still movies that, are, that he's still producing and making movies in the DC animated universe. Yeah, do you know if he's involved in uh, The Killing Joke? I'd be surprised if he wasn't, uh, at least as a producer. Because that's the next one that come you know, out. So that's a, the first ever R-rated movie for a Batman product, live action or animated. Right. Um, one right. of very few R-rated um, animated movies that actually come out in America and at least get like a wide release. Now, granted, the first trailer for that dropped last couple weeks, couple weeks ago. People were not thrilled yeah. because the animation was kind of choppy. It looked like it was missing a lot of frames in between. It was very just kind of like stilted. Uh, they're kind of trying to go back to a different animation style. Animation is supposed to reflect the comic, the graphic novel, but people are a little, ooh, a little leery. I'm hoping it's just an early trailer and they just kind of rushed it and it's not complete or um, polished up yet, but right. I don't know. Until then, we'll have to stick with Batman the Animated Series, which I'm totally fine ah, with. Yes. I mean, you, and we, we've talked about this previously on the show uh, for, for Justice League and, and Justice League Unlimited. He has worked on all of those. So, I mean, just the, the stuff that he has done um, and the, the people that he's cast as voice actors. Well, I, gotta, I have to give props to Andrea Romano for that because she's been the voice, the voice uh, casting director for a very very long time she was like the one that discovered conroy and she was the one that kind of i think she brought hamill in or just wanted to hear him for the joker but she's she's been doing this voice work stuff for a very long time very long time Great. she's very good at her job and i mean she's done you know such an, an excellent job i think actually the last thing that uh that bruce tim worked on was uh he was the executive producer for Justice League Gods and Monsters. Okay, so it wasn't that long ago. And Justice League Gods and Monsters Chronicles. Yeah. So not, not too long ago. Cool. Um, but yeah, so speaking of just like the, the design and things like that, once you watch, well, your first introduction to Batman the Animated Series, I mean, if you want to get into it right now, <laughs> yes. is that theme song. God. Which I'm kind of pissed at Amazon because they, for whatever reason, I don't know if this is on every episode, but at least on the ones that we watched, they pulled the theme song that's from the later seasons where it's packaged as the, what, the new adventures of Batman and Superman, the adventures of Batman and Superman. They yes. repackaged it into like an hour, right? So it's like the Batman and Superman hour. And for whatever reason, even on the Batman episodes on Amazon, they have the not, they have the non-traditional theme song. They have the one used later. And that was very disappointing to me because <laughs> I they, just wanted to hear they, this they theme do, song. There's actually the thing that I'm upset about with Amazon is that they have three different versions of it. Oh, okay, good. They have Wonderful. so they they have the the Batman Superman package. Okay. They have the Batman and Robin yes, package yes. that we'll we'll talk about uh, a little bit later. Um, but then they actually do for certain episodes because I've I've been watching for the last month a majority of season one yeah. of Batman the animated series, and every couple episodes it hits you with that theme song, and those are the moments where I'm just like. I guess I'm okay with that. If they're going to sneak up on me, and I'm not sure where they're going to be. <clears throat> but for today, when I watched this first episode, I was just like, oh, man. 
Yeah, it really, again, you know, we've talked about theme songs really setting the tone and kind of preparing you mentally and building you into those episodes. And nothing does it better than Batman the Animated Series orchestral opening that they have that just brings you into this world of Batman in in such a, a, a subtle, unsuspecting fashion where there's there's no te- there's no text there's no dialogue there's there's nothing to differentiate what's going on and the highlight is really just Batman and his his actions and just how how quick and how fluid and how intimidating he is as a, a character and a persona that he portrays uh, against these these thugs yeah and I love the the visual style I mean the the musical cues and stuff are amazing I think originally they were based off of Danny Elfman's score for the Tim Burton movies which you can right. definitely hear some of that in there, but it definitely became its own thing. And then the animation for this as well, it's like it introduces you to a world where basically like the Gotham City um, Police Department has blimps. So they have these airships that are just flying around the city. And that never happened. I mean, that was like a concept that was theoretical. That never actually happened. So you're automatically looking at this and just like, oh, wha- when, where is this taking place? Is this real life? What is happening here? And I love that it sets up that kind of like art deco style of you just know you're in a very stylized world. And I love that first introduction because it's like, oh, this is a very specific world for this one specific thing. And that thing is Batman. And it's going to be great. David, did you mention my dirigibled? Your dirigibled? Have you been? Sean's been dirigibled. Would you like to be able to come out on a ride on my dirigibled? I'd love to ride in the gondola beneath your dirigible, not so much in the (laughs) hydrogen slash helium filled balloon. That's exactly where we have space. Well, I I would be riding in steerage, so (laughs) I'd prefer helium over hydrogen. I think. (laughs) Yeah, I think that that's how. I'd love to know what they were filled with in this cartoon. Did one ever just? Did one ever like crash? Blow up? Um, yeah, there were certain episodes where I, th- I believe that they had, or maybe I'm thinking of a, a later. You're thinking um, of the Hindenburg. <laughs> no, I'm, th- I'm thinking maybe there was one. E- either that or cops. You're thinking of cops. The <laughs> only other cartoon cops. in 99 episodes to feature dirigibles. Dirigibles. Oh, boy. But no, these were great. And they were actually used in like the very first episode, too, which I loved. I love that they made it like a focal point. Um, that it was actually something that was very distinct in the opening sequence. And then, you know, most times you're just like, eh, I'll never see that again. But it's, it's kind of cool. They actually work them into the plot sometimes too. But yeah. Anything else on the theme song before we jump into some stuff? No, nah, I mean, I, I don't think that there's enough good things that you can say about this. Uh, I love, the other thing that I will say is that I love that this uh, orchestral score that sets up and, and really just kind of takes control of all the action that's going on during this theme song. I love that it is present during the episodes. Yes. You get little flutters of sound, whether it's, it's during moments where uh, Batman is investigating something or he is, he's sneaking around in the shadows uh, or, or even during these, these uh, fight scenes that he has. You know, it, it's, it's ever-present. And I, I want to say, like, you hit it right on the head with the art deco. The other thing that I think that is so fantastic about this is just the copious use of negative space yes that they have that is present throughout the entire theme song. Um, and and, you know, and throughout, it's funny the, be, throughout the um, episode sometimes. Throughout the too. show, yeah, yeah. yes. We're just going to be this glowing with praise again. No, I, no, I am. I, mean, you know, I totally am. We've, I'm not going to say a bad word you about You said this. this last week. 
You said this last yeah. week. We've come 99 episodes. Yeah. We deserve to enjoy these cartoons that we're watching. This is not Bots Masters. Yeah. This is not Dino Riders. This hey, is not hey, Denver. Hey. You so take it we're easy. getting into these things. Dino Riders. And we are going we are, we are going to, I feel like the 98th and 99th episode, I can enjoy the shit out of these <laughs> cartoons and I can glow. I can glow for five fucking seconds. We are going to love the shit out of and this And then cartoon. we'll get back to building an army of dinosaurs. Um, so oh, bef- man. before we jump into the episodes that we watched tonight, we want to talk a little bit about kind of episode order, production order, and then actually the unaired pilot that was used Ooh. to launch this entire series uh, for, uh, for Warner Brothers Animation. So first, a note on the production. It's kind of wonky, right? These came out from 92 to 95. There were 85 episodes produced. But the order of them is all over the place. So if you look at just the production sheet, the, the production call numbers, there were technically only two seasons of these 85 episodes. If you look at the seasons that were actually aired, there are four seasons, but the fourth one was only five episodes in 1995. So it's just kind of bonkers. They had basically like, I don't even know the math for that, but they basically had five episodes that, that <laughs> rolled out in the fall of 1995, one of which uh, won a daytime Emmy that was called Bullet for Bullock. Uh, but it was difficult for us to kind of like track down and, and really pinpoint what is the last episode. What can we call the last episode? Is it the last produced? Is it the last aired? Is it the whatever? So we actually went with the first and questionably last episode tonight. And the first is On Leather Wings. And the one that we watched last is Deep Freeze. So if you're familiar with either of those, we're going to be talking about them tonight. If not, you feel free to pause this now and go watch them on Amazon or wherever you'd like and then come on back to the discussion. Before we get into the discussion, John, this unaired pilot, it's what, like two minutes long? Two, three minutes? Yeah, if not, yeah, it's, it's got to only be two minutes long. And there's like no dialogue, right? Uh, no, there's no, there's no actual dialogue right. in this, and it's actually very interesting to watch this because uh, when they came to Eric Adomsky and they came to uh, Bruce Tim, they kind of pitched this as an idea because they... They wanted the studio WB wanted there to be a an a Batman the animated right. series. They wanted this to happen, and so they came to they came to Tim and they said, "Hey, can you can you do some sketches? Like, can you put some stuff together?" And then they also went to Radomski and said, "Hey, can you do some cityscapes? Can you do some background?" Both of them at the time were artists on Tiny Toon Adventures. I just I just remember one of them just being like, um, "I went into work, I sketched whatever the hell I had to do for that cartoon, and I like <laughs> threw it to the side, and then started sketching Batman." I love that. Either one, whatever one they were working on, decided that they were going to focus and that they were going to put this together and and create something that they were they were really happy and that they were really proud of. Now, unbeknownst to them, the studio had already gone and greenlit the idea of doing a Batman cartoon, and so when this came to fruition, uh, I believe it was one of the, the producers or one of their managers at the time kind of took this, this package that they had um, of these, these backgrounds and, the, and this, this work and, and this particular unaired pilot, and they brought it to the studio and said, you should put these two guys in charge of this. You should make them producers of this show. And that's kind of what launched them and allowed them to do it. And it's, it's interesting and it's great to watch the, the reaction as they're as both of them are telling the story in this like five minute YouTube clip, because yeah. they are really shocked and amazed at the the fortune um, and the the luck and and what has what has come to be an incredible opportunity that you know really kind of allowed them this this freedom to create something as beautiful as this show. And so watching it, you can actually tell 
where they took a lot of those beats from this unaired pilot and turned it into the theme song. Yeah, into the opening sequence. Yeah. Right. And so it's a, uh, but again, it's, you know, you have these, these jewel thieves that are on the, the tops of this building in, in Gotham City. Yeah, and this is actually called, it is the unaired pilot, but it's actually called The Dark Knight's First Night. So it sounds like a Christmas right. carol or something, but it's The Dark Knight's First Night. <laughs> this is in 1992, so it's... it's a... Visited by the ghost of Batman! <laughs> Punch me in the face! I love these jewel thieves because they're not just stealing, like, you know, a couple rings or bracelets from under glass. The dude has, like, like a wardrobe... <laughs> Full of jewels. Full of jewelry. Crook's got a whole like attache Man, full of jewels. Just lifting it by himself just, on a rooftop. Yeah. It just dumps it. And in that moment, uh, like they see as they're like down on the ground, like scrounging and putting everything back together, yeah. you kind of see that silhouette of Batman just fly over top for like a second. Yeah. Like and shadow on shadow. I, and I love that so much with this art style. It's always shadow, a darker shadow on top of a lighter shadow. So it's like it can be right. a dark midnight blue kind of night, but then you'll have that black cape kind of go flying by. Beautiful. Right. So then you get this moment where they, they all draw their guns and it pans back and you see that there's a third guy that's on the, the rooftop and he gets that kind of like bonk, bonk, bonk on his, like, on the, on his shoulder yeah. where like he turns around and he's like, what? Mm-hmm. And then just knocked the fuck out, man. Yeah. Like he gets... Right in the button. Right in the button. And so he is down to the count. And in this moment... There's something that kind of crazy has happened. These, these two other crooks that are putting together these jewels, they just start unloading it back. Oh, yeah. They're just like, I don't know what the hell this <laughs> thing is. Let's shoot the shit out of it. And it's crazy because you see in this moment, like, Batman is just dodging Oh, bullets. he's just, just jiving, shucking and jiving out of the way. He's just kind of like, <laughs> woo, just dancing out of the way, which is weird. Like the, Jump jiving and The animation <laughs> style here is a little different. It's not, it's not I don't want to say it's not as polished because it's solid especially for a pilot, but I mean, it's, it's a little different from what you get with the rest of the series. And that's because right. I think they use like three or four different production houses, like every 20 that's episodes correct, or yeah. so to go through these. So yeah. it, I'm amazed it's as consistent as it was, but for this unaired pilot, it's a little, little different. Well, I, I will give you uh, a little note. I don't know if you watched uh, enough of the episodes that had the intro for the adventures of Batman and Robin mm-hmm. bump card that's on there, but you can definitely tell during that opener that there are different production companies and, and different animation houses that are used for this because yeah. the, the colors vary and the tone varies so wildly yeah. within that 30 seconds that it, it's, it, if you're familiar with the original intro and just sort of the consistency and tone, yeah. watching the adventures of Batman and Robin is like a slap to the face. It's literally going from like prime, bold primary colors for the newer intro like just just solid blues and reds and, and sometimes yellows to like this sepia tone kind of washed out noir yeah. style. It's just like a, wow, what the hell? What the fuck? And then also like if you watch some of the characters as you progress through the series, specifically like Scarecrow and I think Clayface might be, and Joker. Um, I mean, hell, all of them probably, but they take on like very, very distinct design changes as they go through the years right. too. I even saw one with a, an earlier version of Mr. Freeze. Really? Um, just a, a little bit more mechanical Interesting. versus the, uh, the episode that we watched for tonight. And the voice was way different. Okay. It, was, it was so uh, machine-oriented in, in nature in these earlier episodes that when I saw him, and it was almost distracting, kind of like in the way yeah. that Bane's voice was distracting in like, when Tom mean? Hardy played him. I don't him. understand you. I don't even understand what the hell you just said, but it was it was one of those things was crazy. 
You have my permission to die. Okay, I'm done. Sorry. The only reason that I know what you said is because I subtitled. Yeah, we've got our closed <laughs> captions on for the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's crazy. It's just such a it's such a stark. It, it's just difference. amazing that the show has, from beginning to end, from memory, uh, has been as good as it was because there are so many things that could have gone so wrong. And there's nitpicks and stuff that fans will make all the time, and that's fine. That's part of it. It's part of the fun. But I'm, yeah. I'm just amazed that the story stuck together and the voice cast was so. But we we get this moment where Batman dodges all these bullets, and then he just lunges for these other two criminals, knocks one of them out immediately. The other one doesn't quite knock him out, but he does throw a batarang, knocks the gun out of his hand. And As then Batman like this... is known to do. <laughs> As it is written in scripture. No, I mean, and seriously, so then... some, some filmmakers yeah. these days need to be reminded of that. Yeah, I know. So we have this, we have this uh, with this third guy who's standing, we have this rough and tumble moment where Batman is just kind of going, trading blow for blow with this guy, and then finally he knocks him out. And in that exact moment, uh, the Gotham police force busts open the door. Commissioner Gordon, just very distinct, like yeah. quaff of hair that, on that top. mustard yellow shirt. Oh God! With a black and tie. Just, that that white that white hair with the quaff on top, and he busts through. And in that moment, you just see Batman just jump off the side of the building. And as Gordon scrams over, you just see Batman just kind of glide away. And you're just like, oh shit, it's on. Yeah. And thus begins. 80 some episodes of the possibly the best cartoon series ever. Let's jump into it, man. Let's, uh, let's, yeah, let's get on leather wings. I want to say, first of all, put yourself in, in these guys' shoes. They're like, okay, Batman's been around for 60, 50, 60 years. We're giving you the reins to start a whole new animated series. You've got, you know, you've got the Rogues Gallery, you've got the Joker, the Riddler, Penguin, Clayface, all these guys. What, uh, what are you going (laughs) to. What are you going to use to make your mark the very first episode as a villain? Well, you know, I'll say this. Yeah. I love Batman, right. but what, and I, I know that there, it's I mean, I'm glad you love Batman that's what the show's it's about. A, but, yeah. Right. Well, Batman is a compound word. Sure. So what if we took it apart okay. and switched the order and made Man-Bat? And made Man-Bat. What if we did Man-Bat? You want to do Man-Bat for your first episode. You want to launch a ship into unknown, untested waters with Let's something named Man-Bat. Let's do Let's it. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. And I think it actually worked pretty well. Um, okay. So Man-Bat as a character, not like Harley Quinn, which was created for this series, Man-Bat was actually, he'd been around since 1970 at this point. So he was introduced right. in Detective Comics number 400. He's actually been around quite a long time. I didn't know that. I thought this was just a straight-up creation for the show when I was a kid. I had no clue that this Man-Bat thing existed. Uh, it <laughs> scared the hell out of me when I was a kid, though. The, the yeah. eventual um, transformation into Man-Bat scared the hell out of me. The voice work, I, the modulation, the, the creepy like body horror creepy. stuff. It was like if like David wow. Lynch directed an episode of Batman the Animated Series. There, <laughs> there is, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you've played the game, Dave, but Arkham Knight, Arkham Knight, yeah. the, the latest Batman game. Not. There is a moment oh, where no. you are you are flying around one of the islands mm. and you just suddenly get attacked mm. by Man Bat and it comes out of nowhere and I literally like the controller like flew out of my hand <laughs> like I it was such a jump scare yeah. to me because I didn't expect no, you never it. expect Man Bat 
you never expect the man bat and it was something that was not prompted they didn't set up or build towards it it just it happened so suddenly and i freaked the shit <laughs> out but um, but i was so glad that they brought it in it's such a it's such a rewarding and interesting character and and it's crazy because with all the characters not just man bat but with batman bruce wayne alfred commissioner gordon um harvey bullock whatever the judge's name was and freaking two-face in this very first episode so harvey Dent yeah. before he's two-face harvey Dent. um they're all just like boom here these people are it's like we're not introducing you to them you know who they are or you'll figure it out pretty soon and if you know them from the comics awesome you're one step ahead of the game and if you don't stick around because we'll eventually introduce them in a future episode man right. it's like that was already better than like anything gotham has ever <laughs> has ever put out <laughs> Oh I was just God. watching. I'm just like, holy shit! Like within ten seconds, they introduced like half the cast of Gotham, and they did it so much better than the Fox series does. It was it was great. I love that little moment in the. Um, there's a moment in the police department where, uh, let me back up. I apologize. So th- this thing kind of opens with the cops in the blimp, right? They're riding around in the little gondola below Sean Billionaire Sean's dirigible, and uh, which may or may not be filled with hydrogen, and they're just doing like reconnaissance right so they're just checking out the city making sure everything's cool and then they catch something on their radar and it just goes just flies right by them and the one guy does kind of the like i think i saw something fly by and the other guy's just kind of like yeah okay whatever probably a bird i don't really care i'm just just on the clock so eventually then there's this series of of break-ins to pharmacies and what happens is, and I love this moment. Do you remember the, any of the lines that the security guard has at uh, Phoenix, Phoenix Pharmaceuticals? Do you remember the security guard there? Oh, isn't he? He's like kind of closing up shop and he he's just doing his rounds, real... but he's bored as hell. Yeah. yeah. Right. He, he just has these, so, like, um, these like voice actor jokes. Oh, that's right. God. I don't remember what this is. Oh, it's, it's basically just are. like, so he's just like walking along the hall and uh, he's got his little um, tape recorder out. And he's just doing like he's just doing his own exaggerated voices, and he's talking about like pitches for radio shows, and he's just recording himself. And it's just kind of like a neat little in joke for like the voice actors, because they're like, "You want to make it big in Hollywood? Come on down!" And he's just like he keeps doing that. But eventually, he has this run-in with the man bat, who literally just throws him out of a building <laughs> and into whatever the effluent waste was from this pharmaceutical plant, which technically could have turned this guy into another villain in this world, but. Uh, oh, what a twist! That would have been great, but they didn't. He just ends up in the hospital with like a broken nose, and then emblazoned across the the whatever the what's the Gotham News? I don't even know what the name of the paper is. Doesn't matter. Uh, they're basically just like police on citywide manhunt for Batman because they assume that it's Batman. So like right out of the gates, it's not. We don't watch Batman's origin story. You're told Batman's been around for a while, and the police are definitely after him now. And that's it. It's on. And the yeah. commish bullock who i love absolutely love this version of, of harvey bullock um, yeah he's so good and there bullock really wants to go after batman he really wants to take him down commissioner because he's presumably worked with batman before is not ready to judge him so quickly so it sets up a nice kind of like tension between the two and then harvey do you remember how they introduced harvey well because the uh their bullock is asking if he can have a task force to go after batman right. And Harvey Dent, being the uh, district attorney, is you know he he actually sides with Bullock. Yeah, and and says you know I you know I have faith in the both of you, but I like I want to catch I want to capture this but, this vigilante. But how do you know he's Harvey Dent before they actually say district attorney Dent, whatever they call? Him? 
How do you know it's he's flipping a coin? Uh, he's because he's flipping a he's coin. He's chilling, flipping a coin. He's sitting in a chair, and the angle that they oh, have is you so can just kind of see his hand, yeah. and he's just flipping a coin. And you like when you for anybody who loves Batman and has watched Batman, anytime you see that yep. coin, it's so iconic. And just to see him do that, you're just like, oh, are they? Wait, they can't. It can't possibly be Two Face. First episode, really like, yeah. And I was just like, I literally was just like, holy fuck, it's Two Face. Just screamed it out loud, <laughs> which I obviously never would have said as a kid, but. It was just like, whoa, okay, all right, I'm into this. Two-Face just hanging out there. And it's pre-Two-Face, too. So that means at some point in the series, we will get to see Two-Face actually be, be turned Two-Face, which I thought was pretty right. cool. So, yeah. God. So we, <laughs> we, have all of this, we have all of this going on, and, and we have Batman kind of uh, you know, coming to the, the scene uh, of the crime at this pharmaceutical company to do a little bit more research. Yeah, like after the scene of the crime. Yeah, the next day or whatever. Right. And so, you know, at this point, the task force has been issued. Like, they have been, uh, they are able to deploy. Yeah, and like so a straight-up SWAT team. Somebody, yeah. Right. So somebody gets a hint that Batman might be there. Bullock arrives, shows up. It was a, it was a uh, couple know, of it, uh, scientists sneaking out for a little neck. Yeah. yeah. They were smooching. Those Randy scientists. So they... They, uh, they see Batman, they, they tip off the cops, and so uh, in this moment, though, Batman has been able to recover a key piece of evidence. Now, what I enjoy about this is that we always hear, and you always hear Batman being referred to as the world's greatest detective, and so this is always fun because you have that moment where, you know, Batman, yes, he's, you know, impressively strong, mm-hmm. his physique is massive, Great fighter. and he is a force to always be reckoned mm-hmm. with. And, you know, those, those moments where you can put sort of the, the brains with the bronze, you know, is, is always, was always great for me because it showed just how well-versed he is at, at what he's doing. Like, he, he can understand, like, there's a time to fight and there's also a time to do a little bit of research. Look, and, and, I, and so, yeah, I, I mean, I cannot agree with you more. I am so frustrated that we have yet to have, like, an actual movie where it's, like, Batman actually being... A fucking detective. And it's so great to see yeah. him do this in this episode because he not only, like, he sneaks around, so he's stealthy. He's not just busting into place. He's not driving the Batmobile straight through the, you know, the front door and blowing the joint up and then going to get whatever he needs. He sneaks in stealthily. Yes, he's caught by the two um, rubbernecking, or not rubbernecking, but necking scientists. Um, but he, he's sneaking around the place. He's gathering evidence. He's, not, you know, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's basically doing a cop's job. He's just doing it under the cover of darkness and, and a disguise. And right. I love that so much. And I miss it in any of the live action movies. Like, tell me a moment in a live action movie that we've seen where he's actually being like a great detective. I think Christian Bale probably comes the closest, but it's so yeah, few and far between. It's, it's it. so frustrating. But please. Uh, you know, it's so, so to, to kind of to piggyback off of that idea, Dick, we have Batman detecting. And then because he's not able to, because he's not an authority or he doesn't know everything about potentially with the, with the fur or whatever the hair was that he recovered, this is what's fun about yeah. this is that he's able to do a little bit of this detecting as Bruce Wayne billionaire. And that was the best part. It's, it's like a- he does it as both. He has access as both faces. And so I love this because he goes to this doctor, Dr. March, whose response is he goes, you donate a few million dollars and you think you own the I place. wish he would have just been like, yeah, I fucking do. Yeah, asshole. <laughs> yeah. But it's you have called Bruce, Wayne Bruce Wayne's Crazy Bat Doctor Research Place. <laughs> it's the name of the place. <laughs> Sub, or colon, shut the shut fuck, the fuck up, up and analyze Marsh. this damn yeah. hair. Like, 
So you have this part where we've joked about sort of the bad Bruce Wayne, like billionaire playbook. Oh, hi. Here, here, here's the line that he has. He goes, hey, he goes, yeah, doc. See, I keep hearing squeaks in my chimney and I found these in the empty fireplace. They look like hairs. I thought maybe you could tell me if I have a bat problem. And you're like, <laughs> he's just, it's like, he just says everything with the broadest, whitest smile you possibly could have. He's just like, yeah, easy so going, happy go lucky Bruce Wayne, billionaire playboy about town. That's yeah. such a great delivery, though, because there's a moment later on where he's just like Batman and he's talking to Alfred and everything's like this. And then Marsh actually calls him back and he's like, oh, hi, Dr. Marsh. It's just such, such a but great. But he's in the cow. He's, he's in, in the, the cow still. Yeah. It's such a great <laughs> moment, though. Um, but that's, that's oh, kills good me. on you, Kevin Conroy, being able to switch like that. Funny. Just nailing it. But no, I love, I so love he, that moment where he's actually being the detective and he's following up. Now, granted, he does have his supercomputer at home, which is the size of a frickin' house, but he right. does have a supercomputer, which he uses to kind of like corroborate what the doctor eventually tells him, which I like. Right. But he also meets a couple of other people at this uh, research facility, correct? Sure. So he actually meets uh, Dr. Kirk Langstrom, right. who, interestingly enough, uh, it's voiced by Mark Singer and the actual... the. The part in the moment that I can't wait to have Dave reenact in a oh second boy. is voiced by oh. the one and only Frank Welker. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that makes so much sense. He voices Man Bat. That makes so much sense, which is why I was terrified. <laughs> oh, God. So, so he, he might he actually want to build an army of dinosaurs. That wouldn't be beyond him. Yeah. Frank Welker also voiced, what's his face? Uh, Krulos <laughs> from Dino Riders. Krulos anyway, and Dino Riders. So we, uh, we have, and he, he, he's a zoologist at Gotham City Zoo. Right. And so, with his hot, hot uh, wife. With his hot, hot wife. hot wife. And so he, super hot mm. wife. Smoking it's a running team in this cartoon, by the way. Yeah, hot boy. wife. Uh, hot wives of so Gotham we, we, City. <laughs> Real housewives of Gotham City. Coming to Fox this fall. <laughs> if it was in the time slot of Gotham, I'd watch the hell I'd out of it. I'd watch that twice. And I love... I love the actors that are on Gotham, but I, I cannot watch the show no, anymore. Anyway, real bad. <laughs> so we, we have this moment where we meet Langstrom, and uh, you, f- you come to find out eventually that he is, uh, he is stealing serum from these, these different chemical labs, uh, and he's trying to pin all of it on Batman. Well, he ends up being mistaken for Batman. There, there's, and so it's sort of the perfect crime for Yeah, him. it kind of works out. Except it makes zero sense why he goes from like mild-mannered scientist guy to like crazy wackadoo <laughs> in like the space of just like Batman finding out what's going on. But before we even get to that, right? So he hands the docs these little brown hairs. He hands them a tape. I love... <laughs> <laughs> Give me... I'd love to hear your impression of the I'll tape, I'll try to Dave, do it. I'll please. try to do it. So he hands him the hairs. He's like, I found these hairs in my chimney. I think I got a bat problem. Dr. Marsh is all snarky. He's like, oh, nothing but a problem to you, right? And Langstrom's like... You're probably just going to destroy them like an insect. destroy them. And Langstrom's like, all right, calm down, crazy man. And he just kind of like leaves, goes in the room. He's like... And then Bruce comes in. He's like, I also found this... I also recorded the bats in my chimney. Take a listen. And you would, if you've ever heard bats, they really don't make a lot of noise. They don't make much noise at all. And then what comes out of this tape recorder is something like... It's like, oh. Uh, that, yeah, that's normal. That's a normal thing. And the fucking, like, as Bruce Wayne is playing this tape, his eyes are just, like, slowly shifting back and forth, like, anybody else, anybody else catching this? That it's crazy? They don't react at all. They're just like, yeah, probably, probably, like, brown bats. 
So I apologize if I blow out anybody's speakers. Um, <laughs> or your drum. <laughs> but so they eventually call him back and they're just like, yeah, those hairs are just like common brown bats. He's like, okay, what about the audio tape? He's like, uh, brown bats and starlings, they're probably just fighting over a nesting site, chimney. Happens all the time. Give us a call if you need anything. And he's like, all right, thanks, Doc. He basically turns to Alfred and he's like, all right, something's going on because this is bullshit. I ran, I ran the samples through the computer. I ran uh, the audio through the computer. Couldn't find anything. I even, then he even goes and he runs like combinations of sound through this computer. Right. He's like, nope, something fish is going on. <laughs> he, he catches him in his lie. He catches Dr. March in his lie about everything that's so going on. So everything is now and pointing that's what towards leads Dr. Him. March, right? Right. So he's like, all right, March, like, I'm going to go and check you out and investigate this. And that's when he comes across and realizes that it's not actually March. That's when things get March wild. Is, yeah, it's March is trying to cover up for Langstrom, who Langstrom is, I believe, married to his daughter. Yes. And Langstrom flipped in a freaking instant. He goes Holy from shit. just like, like I said, mild man about town to as soon as Batman shows up, because Batman's creeping around the lab, Langstrom hears him. He's like, who's there? Batman just, I thought he was just going to stay quiet. Like, just be like, Ooh, if I don't move, he can't see me. Batman yeah, just, was he T-Rex yeah, in right? it? <laughs> Batman just straight stands up. and just like, oh shit, silhouette of Batman. And Langstrom's Here, like, I'm, yeah. <laughs> no, I want to say this. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to accuse you of something okay. right mm-hmm. now. I want you to hold out as long as you can in the fashion of Dr. Kirk Langstrom. Okay? Dave, I'm accusing you of this thing. Well, turns out that uh, you're correct. Uh, oh, okay, I've been great. Doing this entire time. Oh my god, he flips instantly. <laughs> Batman could have just been like, he could have just been like, I lost my keys. And Langstrom's just like, I did it, I did everything. I'm the man. Back. <laughs> I, did it. I took your keys. <laughs> he flips instantly. But the crazy thing is that he had like zero reason to do so. If you read the comics, he was actually, I think he was actually going deaf. So that explains some of the, the research into sonar and the research into bats. Right. It actually explains some more of the, the pseudoscience behind this stuff. But in the cartoon, it's, Langstrom's just crazy pants. So he's just like, well, I've been making this serum. He's just walking along, monologuing. Batman's hanging out on the other side of the room. Uh, Langstrom's walking along. He has all the empty like pill bottles from all the different pharmacies that he stole from as Man-Bat. And he's just like, well, I've got this serum here. And... I've got everything I need except for one final ingredient. It's in me. And it's just like the fucking, the <laughs> fucking voice at this point is what made me shit my pants when I was a kid. Because they do this weird modulation where it's, it's from the guy who does, what'd you say, Mark Singer? Yeah, Mark Singer. So it goes Singer. from Mark Singer's voice into like Frank Welker's creepy man bad voice. And it modulates in such a way that was just like unhuman, inhuman, unnatural, unholy, and it scared the crap out. And then, of course, he transforms like a werewolf into this giant man bat <laughs> creature, right? Man. Yeah. This is nuts for uh, a first episode. You're introducing like genetic restructuring. You're introducing like basically like lycanthropy, like metamorphosis into a completely different being. I guess it would be chiroptery or something. Yeah. Let's maybe. go with chiroptery. I, that, I mean, that makes the most sense. Yeah. Go to chiroptery. So now it's like, boom, it, it's on. It's Batman versus man bat. And so they, they have this really fun, epic battle across sort of all of the Gotham City skyline Beautiful. where they are flying back and forth. In front of the full moon. Uh, you know, it, right. And, and, you know, just the, as we mentioned about just sort of like the shadows with darker shadows on top of them, uh, the use of negative space. 
you know, they have all these moments where it just, it seems so picturesque. And yet the entire time Man Bat is trying to shake Batman from this, uh, like grappling hook that he's, he's tethered around like his, his, his like back yeah. leg. That's just like dragging him uh, through the sky. Yeah. And it's through, just, like scaffolding and like smashing into windows and even the blimps on ugh. occasion. Batman yeah. should have been a shattered pulp of a human being by the end of this, by the way. But I digress. But I mean, that's, that's what makes Batman that's Batman. Right. He's got a strong yeah. jaw, strong enough to take a shot right into the window of a dirigible. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, they, uh, but everything's resolved, thankfully, in this moment because uh, Batman is able and manages to knock out Man Bat. Um, By literally and... just, like, flying him into a brick wall. Yep. He's, like, ch- he's trying to choke him out and stuff along the way, and he literally just, yeah. like, flies into a brick wall and smashes his face. <laughs> Splat. Yeah. So in this, in this moment, uh, he's knocked out. He, he secures right. him and brings him back to that cave because that always seems like a great idea. Never. No, but I, lo- so, I loved how they did it because, yeah, what does he do at the back cave? Well, he, uh, he flushes his, his blood and uh, like gives him a blood transfusion. Yeah, he basically analyzes like, what his blood so he knows what the serum is, flushes it out, and then just like detoxes him, basically. So it's almost like he's right. taking a junkie and then just detoxing. Right. So again, it's, that, it's those moments where you see Batman actually being the, the scientist exactly. and the detective and, and doing these things because, you know, again, Batman is, yes, it's, it's punching and it's fighting and it's stealth, but, you know, there's, it's, it's such a multifaceted character. It's nice to see all of those things come together yeah. in, in one show. Yeah. And, I, and I love one thing we didn't really talk about too much was the fact that Batman actually saves people. So he doesn't go out of his way to yes. murderize them. He does actually save people. So he, he not only saves Langstrom at the end. Um, we, we can talk about the very final conclusion in a second. I just wanted to make this point. There's a point where the SWAT team is actually going after Batman. And the whole team of them runs into this pharmaceutical place. And Batman gets a drop on one of them. He could easily just like knock this guy out, whatever. He basically just like, he pins him against the wall and he just goes, <laughs> he just shushes him. And the guy's about to yeah. shit his pants so he stays quiet. But then, and this was a little crazy. His buddies are outside, and there's signs all over the place that say, you know, no flame, no open flame, flammable stuff inside, everything's going to blow up if you have a flame. And the guy throws, like, a smoke canister, like a tear gas canister into the room, right. which Batman sees and immediately gla- grabs this guard up and jumps out a window with him and saves his life because the entire place just, like, explodes. Now, I don't know if that entire SWAT team is now dead because it looks like the entire facility blew up, but the fact that Batman just, like, actually actively saves people is, is something that, you know, a superhero should do and has done for right. decades. Just wanted to make that You know, all those, all those core tenets that makes Batman Batman right. are upheld in this show to a T. And they, they do a good job in, in later episodes and certain things of, of just kind of showing sort of the struggle and the problem with him and the, the conflict that he has internally with, with keeping up with those tenets. But, I mean, that no-kill... No kill thing is, is, always a, is always a big one. Yeah. And it comes into play a lot. Like there are a lot of moments and there are a lot of opportunities and times where he has the opportunity to take out, you know, a villain and, and be done with them for good. And he always chooses to do yeah, that. I mean, he thing. easily could have just like killed this man bat creature thing, but he knew there was a man inside. He knew that it was a, a drug issue and he used science and cleaned him <laughs> out and gave him back to his wife. What's interesting is at the end when he delivers Langstrom back to like his wife and back to the lab. And she comes clean right. and says, you know, we were covering for him. My father was covering for him because we know he has a problem. Then it's like, 
Batman just like walks in with the guy and you're just like, okay, well, what happened? Yeah. Okay, that's it. Episode ends. So we don't really know what happened. Yeah. They do show up later on in other episodes though, which are, are yes. pretty great. I don't want to say anything about it. Pretty great. Well, more notably, it's a, if you guys are looking for those episodes, yeah. Langstrom comes back in Tiger, nice. Tiger, and he also comes back in Terror in oh the Sky. God, Tiger, Tiger is one of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, All right. So episode. we've waxed poetic for quite a while for that one. Do you want to jump to the more or less penultimate or ultimate episode that we watched? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into so it. Because yeah. this, this is a great episode. We're going to talk Deep Freeze. So for any uh, Mr. Freeze fans out there, or if you're a fan of, you know, Carl Rossum, or if you're a fan of Grant Walker, if you know those names, <laughs> then you'll enjoy this episode as well. And it was it was cool because I did not expect most of what happened in this in this episode. And it, it was amazing too because there were moments in this episode where I would kept thinking to myself, "Oh shit, this has maybe influenced other things that I've watched or that I've other media that I've, I've watched and taken part of in my oh, life." Oh, it definitely has and for better so, or worse. It was so cool. Yeah. Uh, so this episode for for Deep Freeze, yeah. um, we have. Now, granted, you, uh, you've had like eighty four other episodes before this, right? So this <laughs> right. is like pretty much the end. So a lot of shit has happened. Like he's fought Mister Freeze a number of times, to the point that like right. Mister Freeze is actually locked up in I guess it was Arkham, and he's yes, got correct. his own little special Freezy cell, so he doesn't have to have his power suit on. He can just kind of like hang out in his skivvies and his prison issue uh, attire. So he's just hanging out in his Freezy cell. I will say this, the, the Mr. Freeze character always is a difficult conundrum for me because I love him as a villain just because of the, the power and, and sort of the, the abilities that he has. Um, yeah, it's a fun psychological the, thing to play with too. Right, and I love the no-nonsense attitude yeah. that like when he is committed to something, he is very mechanical and he is very dedicated to getting to that end game but the the whole story that we have with his wife uh having you know having to have been cryogenically frozen during that time his wife Nora and uh Nora Freeze being sort of in this this stasis like this this almost like state of like you know torpor and yeah. suspended animation she's there and and uh you know he he's always trying to revive her and so there are these moments where like he's committing these crimes but he's committing these crimes to save this woman that he loves. But at the cost of you know? literally anyone who gets in his way. So that's, that's the two sides right, of it. But yeah. I just, I, I think that undying love, like I want, I want somebody to care about me the way Mr. Freeze cares about me. We're going to do a Kickstarter to get Sean a cryo tank. <laughs> just put him in there. And you guys can come and visit just him. Put me, in the, put me in the <laughs> That's what he wants, guys. God, that's actually not what I no, said I wanted. That's what I, I, I heard it. you want to be cryo-preserved for yeah. a long time. You read, you you read my mind. You want to be Faye Valentine is what you're telling me. <laughs> Just wake me up when I can finally be a space cowboy. Yeah, sign me up for that. Let's get two. Yeah, right? Yeah. But no, it's interesting because in this one, Freeze is separated from Nora. He's separated from everything. He doesn't have his tech. He doesn't have his, his suit. He's just isolated in prison. And it's crazy because he actually gets broken out of prison, but it doesn't really look like he wants to go. Right. <laughs> this, is, this is these... Those rare moments where, uh, again, you have Batman being a detective. And so, and, and these are in the obvious later episodes where Robin plays a little bit more of, a, of an actual sidekick as, a poise, as, a, as opposed to a boy blunder, right. um, which he can sometimes sort of be in comic books and cartoons. This is actually so it's like. It's nice to sort of see yeah. him. Yeah. It's nice to see him 
participate in a way that is fruitful. This is actually like the only Robin iteration that I actually like from okay. Batman the Animated yeah. Series because there's one great episode with I think the Riddler where they have to go through this like virtual reality maze. And oh yeah, I, I remember that, that where the the that like virtual reality thing is delivered to the the police yeah, station and, both and like they put it on and, and they have like, to traverse. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I love one. that. Episode. He's actually, I think, pretty good in that. One. Yeah, he, has, he definitely has moments. So, so we have we have this moment where uh, this the whole scene kind of opens up with this it's crazy. thing coming out of the water, this huge like like just kind of robotic looking shell of a whatever this walking tank is, and you don't know what it is, and you don't know where it's going, and you don't really know the setting because it's not exactly clear, and so you see it all of a sudden come up to an electrified fence, just mows it down. Yeah. You see it come up to a wall in like a prison where there's a, like presumably a prison where there's a guard and he just knocks the wall down and then just marches into this prison and you see a whole like a whole group of a whole platoon of soldiers just unloading on it. Nothing. You see some guy up in like the, the watchtower little... just throw a grenade. <laughs> it explodes on it. Fucking nothing. nothing. So you're like, this thing's invincible. This thing is some tough shit. It walks up the wall, and, and during this time, as, as Dave has mentioned, Mr. Freeze is in that freezy mm-hmm. cell, and he's kind of like, you know, a snow day, or like the first day of snow, yeah. where, you know, there's, there's the snow that's on like, yeah, you know, some glass pane, and he's kind of like wiping it off ever so gently. He's like, I wonder what is outside. He's always like vaguely oh. German, which is why Arnold kind of oh. worked, but yeah. not really. <laughs> Never. Yeah. Um, not my Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Hashtag not my Mr. Freeze. And so he... This robot traverses the side of the prison wall, punches it, just punches it, punches it, gets into it, and just the entire, like, it walks into the, the room where Mr. Freeze is, and he's just like, uh, guard, yeah. guard, <laughs> like, please. And, then, and that's go. like, and again, that's like the range that Mr. Freeze can do is like, this is him excited. I'm excited. And this is him being abducted by a robot. Somebody please yes. help me. And that's I'm being like, abducted that's by like, a robot. <laughs> So like he gets scooped up into the body. That was so great. He just spatula, (laughs) like a spatula, came out of this robot's chest and just like whoop under Mister Freeze and popped them in. That was great. Just like popples them and puts them in this like hammer space shaker shaker pouch. Yeah, and then just walks off them. And so again, it cuts to this moment where you sort of see the I guess the wisdom behind Batman, where they're reviewing this Arkham. Yeah, this was great. uh, Security feed and. You know, and Robin's just jumping to conclusions as he will do, and he's just like, oh, "Can't believe Mr. Freeze getting away again." Well, settle down there, boy. Batman, wonder. Yeah, and Batman's just like looking at him. That doesn't look like he's escaping. Will no. he's like for a man with and no emotions. Like, oh. Yeah, he looks terrified. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah <it's, laughs> which was great. No, it was so, great because it it yeah. clues you in that Batman obviously has this history with Freeze. He knows his various psychoses. He knows that he's a man who's supposed to be in control of his emotions. He knows he did not right. go willingly. Yeah. So that opens up this right. whole other bizarro plot where a lot of weird little twists and stuff come in and other characters like Carl Rossum. Right. So let's get into Carl let's Rossum. Into so if, you, if you're familiar with the, the show it, it, at all, uh, Carl is a, he's kind of a, a mechanical engineer. Mm-hmm. He, um, he, oh God, he created this thing called Hardak. Um, and so he was the what was it? He was the he was the active leadership of Cybertron, 
and designed and built Hardact, which was a like an AI that was capable of producing other androids. Yeah. So sort of like this world's Ultron. Yes, just like a giant like building sized computer slash uh, manufacturing plant kind of thing with like a very advanced right. AI. And so you know uh, that was obviously his his goal was to create Hardact for it, like his his. Intent was never to create Hardak for nefarious right. purposes. He wasn't a supervillain. He wasn't Hardak. a mad scientist. He was just a guy who kind of screwed up. Right. And so in this moment, like Batman knows that he, like, he can rely on him uh, in, in moments where you know, there might be something regarding a robot that he needs to, he needs to go and seek expert Yeah, exactly. Advice. So this is two episodes in a row. I should mention that both of these were actually directed by the same guy, Evan, uh, Kevin Altieri. Uh, so both directed by yeah. the same guy. And yeah, this is the second episode that we've watched where he, Batman, actually goes to a third party to get some expert counsel, which is great because it shows that he's not, he doesn't know everything. He's just corroborating with other people. Right. So this is, a, this is one of the, the episodes, too, that is fun because it kind of pays homage to another character that we get to see when he knocks on uh, Carl's oh, God, door. Yeah. And we have, uh, we've got Batmite. Man. We have a little bit of Batmite. For a moment, I was real up. worried. Because I thought this was going to go oh, I got real it. south real quick. Because it got, it got a little bit more cartoony than I, I remember seeing a lot of these things happen. Yeah. Where Batmite just kind of gives, I believe, Robin a, a big old smoocheroo. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not familiar with Batmite, um, it's basically just like a pint-sized, very cartoonish-looking version of Batman with like long ears. Th- this thing is actually like from, I think, like, what, the fifth dimension or from some nth dimension? where he's actually super powerful yeah. and can do pretty much anything, but he's just, like, super devoted to Batman, and he's called Batmite. Fortunately, right. this is not actually Batmite. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is a good thing, too, because that would have completely derailed that this episode. That would have been bad. But we, we, get, we get our exposure to, to Carl Rossum, and we've seen him at this point in this series a couple times before during the whole series where we had all this hard act stuff. And so... Um, He's, he's an established character in the universe yeah. now. And so oh, just real quick, they're, in they're case anybody him. wonders, it's not Batmite because it is a toy constructed by Carl Rossum. He basically is like a, a toy Correct. maker, just makes all these dolls and robots still. So, yeah, just wanted to clarify that. And so, and so they, they show him a picture of the robot, and uh, Rossum is just like, oh, yeah, I know what kind of robot that yeah. is. He's like, when I, when I used to work for this other billionaire. Um, Grant Walker. I... I yeah, Grant Walker. I designed a bunch of these things for Grant yeah. Walker. And you're just like, well, now I, now I know who to go to talk <laughs> <Yeah>. to. <laughs> like, that was the easiest interview yeah. I've ever had Thanks, to do. Carl Rossum. <laughs> Said Batman. Yeah, so, um, so this is where some of this stuff gets a little bit crazy. A little crazy. A um, little crazy. This gets a lot, <laughs> a lot of, crazy of crazy because we're, the things that we're about to delve into, there are so many things that are about to occur. Yep. Uh, that have that are very heavily influenced that I'm sure have heavily influenced other things as we've mentioned uh, in current present day media. Um, one of them being that Grant Walker is in the process of building this under like underwater city, which is sort of a, a utopia. Yeah. His version um, of a it's utopia. It's sort of the 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 perfect place for for people to come and to. Uh, to allow humanity to regain its strength and revitalize and become a, a pinnacle of what it could possibly be if you are at any point in time thinking to yourself, did they jump into the video game Bioshock? And is this Andrew Ryan? Yeah, that's exactly, 
exactly what it sounds yeah, like. Pretty much what it is. Kind of like, Anne Randy and at the same time. It's very uh Yeah. It's it's if you're familiar with any of that at all, even like the design of it kind of looks the same because it's just it's sort of a floating city, but it's got like that big dome over it and then there's a lot of right. a lot of space underneath that uh houses everybody. And only the specific so, like chosen by Grant Walker can come into this place. Right, which is incredible because there is so much story that is going on that is just kind of glossed over it's given to you in chunks and pieces and i almost kind of wanted to see that story of how walker convinced and i'm I'm not kidding you like an entire like city an entire metropolitan city worth of people who were willing to follow his crazy scheme which i, I don't know dave do you remember what it is oh it i is super the... remember what it is but i don't know if he convinced the entire city because there were definitely going to be a lot of casualties so it was like whoever was not part of his it was a lot of people uh, don't get me wrong it was a lot of people but i think whoever else was going to be in the city was just going to be like well if you're not part of the solution you're part of the problem so they were just going to be like collateral damage kind of thing but you might be asking yourself what the hell does mr freeze have to do with any of this aha that's where we come to grant walker's wacky plan number two which is he's 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 a billionaire but he's getting older and he's eventually gonna die because that's how it works but he knows that mr freeze because of the properties of his of his cells and his accident and his suit mr freeze is basically immortal his cells are not aging he is not aging at all he's more or less indestructible he's super strong thanks to his suit and yes, he does have some uh, shortcomings in that he can't like interact with the world around him, but he's basically immortal. So he's like a, a demigod. And Grant Walker wants the same thing. So he recruits Freeze to help him gain this immortality. He gives him his, his super suit back. He gives him his ice gun back, his freeze ray, whatever you want to call it. He gives him all right. his stuff and gets him out of prison. And Freeze is just like, you're crazy. There's no way I'm going to help you. But you know, he doesn't thank him. He's just like, all right, well, I've got all my stuff back. Which he actually tests the gun out on that giant robot, and the thing just like freezes solid, falls over, and breaks into fifty pieces, which was great. But Freeze wants nothing to do with it. But I feel like Walker probably has a trump card. He does in fact, and we've mentioned her before. He has Nora Freeze. Nora Freeze, which I love because he basically won her in like a storage war, more or less. He got her like an auction. From another company that like had suffered mass casualties, they had basically burned to the ground, but he had bought this company up and then hidden away somewhere in a bunker it was Nora Freeze in her little chamber. So I mean at this point, Mr. Freeze, he has no choice, right? He has to help. Right. He he feels the need to in this moment, not only does he have access to his right. wife that's in stasis, but Walker has said to her, Only I have the technology and ability to be able to revive her. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, he plays his hand, and Mr. Freeze folds and is just like, I, I will help you. I will get this yeah, done. Pretty much anything will, for his wife. And that's what you were saying before. It's that, that undying devotion and love is that he'll do anything for her, but at the same time, she's kind of the ultimate bargaining chip can be used against him. Let me ask she, you this. Did you get a weird Walt Disney kind of feel from Grant Walker? Uh, not until you mentioned it. Okay. Not until does it make sense, it. It though? It definitely does now, because yeah. he's a frozen racist, <laughs> is what you're saying. I was going to say frozen anti-Semite. Yeah. Uh, potato, potato. Yeah, you know, yeah. Pa-rapa, pa-rapa. <laughs> Pa-rapa, pa-rapa. Pa-rapa. Um, so, we, so we have this moment where uh, 
where Crazy Walt Disney is like, he's on this table and they're injecting him with all the, the material, like evidently the whatever's necessary to complete the process. Yeah, some kind of cryopreservative that turns you blue. And he, he gets up and he's just like, holy shit, yeah, I'm feeling, feeling done. real good right now. Like, like Mr. Freeze follows through on his part yeah. of the, the plan. Like he, he makes it happen. Like this is tech that now is available in this and, world for, for people to play And he's got with. his own little Mr. Freeze looking suit and he's looking good. He's yep. just smashing tables because he can. It feels great. Yeah. Feels great. He's a little he's like, unsteady. This feels wonderful. Yeah, then he like falls over. He's, he's a little unsteady <laughs> for an old guy. But he's, uh, he's looking good. And meanwhile, like he's all not. of his people are amassing in this like central area where he is like big brother, his face on this giant mega jumbotron where he's just uh, like giving this monologue. Ad- yeah, go ahead. Addressing all of Oceana. Yeah. Which is funny that you would say Big Brother because Oceana is one of the three continents that exists in 1984. Exactly. So he's, he's addressing this mass and he's saying, like, this is my plan. We are going to point this freeze ray at Gotham well, he, City. Well, he prefaces it like any good leader, any good kind of like megalomaniac should. He's like, out there, outside these walls, there's violence, there's hatred, there's anger, whatever. And he's just like, we will create a and new... he's showing all and these he's title he's cards. He's showing you know? like glimpses from like people like yeah from like from like a soccer riot or something and he's basically just like (laughs) we will restore justice within these walls and anyone left outside is just like oh well it's just like a casualty and i love the fact that as he's given this monologue they use this the same scene twice they show like the crowd and in the foreground uh there's like two guys that like turn to each other and they're both just like yeah oh yeah sounds good they're just like nodding like oh yeah sounds good to me i'm glad i'm here hey nice to meet you and they showed that exact same thing twice. These two guys were like, oh, hey, it's great. Um, I want to imagine that that was the first moment where those two guys oh, met yeah, each other. And just like, you know, we're going to be here for probably like five yeah, probably years like a long until time. the city falls oh, yeah. out. So, so, say, so wanna... follow through with, yeah, that's the second part of his plan, like you were saying. Yeah, so he's going to freeze. He's going to freeze everybody. Everybody else, yeah. These two guys that have just met for the first time are going to become biffs for that five yep, years. While everybody's frozen and thawing out. Right, and again, every all the crime and all the the hatred and and pain and suffering that is outside though these walls are going to yep, be gone, frozen away. And it is a it is a small price to pay to be able to have all of the the the, the pure the society idea, that we have. Here. The, yeah, the pu- yeah, exactly. You know, within these walls, with you people, and there's even a like there's even a line here. where Walker says on the big on the big screen, he says there will be no more crime, there will be no more death and there will be no more injustice or whatever and batman who we'll, we'll talk about how he plays into this we'll back up a little bit batman basically says at the price of freedom or something like that and it's right. it, it's a nice kind of it's almost ties into like batman versus superman because it is a nice tie into how much freedom are you willing to give away for security how safe do you need to feel right. that at one point you're going to give up all of your freedom so you have to find that balance right. Um, I would like to mention because of this plot, you may be thinking to yourself, man, that really sounds familiar. Uh, it's because it was the same thing that they used in Batman and Robin, the, the movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze, except it was not the exact same plot. They just wanted to use a giant cannon to freeze Gotham City um, without all of the actual like, well-thought-out story that went behind it. So yeah, that was actually used for the basis of that. But... So all this, all this villainy is going on, right? Our, our buddies have to be around somewhere. Batman and Robin got to be sneaking around somewhere. Right. So they've been, they've been uh, creeping around. Yeah, they're creeping. Um, 
you know, as much as as much as possible. Um, yeah, they're trying to avoid these weird suddenly, helicopter guards that are patrolling. Yeah, the and suddenly side. they get discovered. Yeah, by weird helicopter guards yeah. find yeah. them during this this giant, you know, uh, almost like Anne yeah. Rand nineteen eighty four Big Brother speech that's going on, and uh, you know, Chase ensues. Batman and Robin both get yep. captured, clamped. They both get brought to Mr. I'll tell you Freeze. what, though. They took out a number of them helicopter bitches first. So good for they those did. guys. Brought down a lot them of them bitches. bitches. And so we get that moment where Mr. Freeze is just holding like his gun. And this, I love how this cartoon worked so well with some of these, these commercial breaks. Mm. Because you have that moment where Mr. Freeze is pointing the gun at them. And then he pulls the trigger. And you just see like this spiral of ice. Beautiful just kind of come out towards you and that's where the com- like that's the where cut. the planned commercial there break were there were actually place. a few scenes in this very episode that were used as like cut scenes for a future um a future intro or for commercials it was the moment where the um helicopter bitches shine their spotlights on batman and robin because they're on kind of like this this overhang this overlook and the spotlights shine on them in a really cool way and then another one where freeze has his uh you look down the barrel of his freeze gun which was really cool just real quick, a uh, real quick aside. You're talking about commercial cuts. One of the ones from On Leather Wings is a cut showing a mysterious figure in the lab, just like burning the bat hair evidence and burning the entire, <laughs> burning the entire tape recorder. Not just like I don't think it was just the tape. I think he burned the entire recorder. Just like get rid of everything. Yeah. Uh, that just made me laugh. So I just want to mention. But yeah, so these guys are captured. Mister Freeze is there. He basically freezes Batman and Robin together into one giant chunk of ice, and he's ready to just let crazy old grant walker get on with his business right so we now we now have batman and we have robin captured ice cube you know uh they are they have like a i don't know it's like an inner tube around them of just like a circular ice it's like if they fell through the surface of like a frozen pond and then the firemen just came and like cut out a big ring around them but kept them (laughs) stuck together in the ice it just kind of took them out so like like their legs are kicking free but it's weird it's like an ice belt they got like this, like this ice hula yeah, hoop around they them. Share the, the this constrictive ice hula yeah. hoop around these two men. <laughs> like they can't get no, out. They're stuck. Not going. They're not going they're anywhere. Stuck. So, uh, in this moment, uh, you know, you 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 have. I want to say this: this plea for sanity. Right. Um, you see that. Uh, you see that this madman. You see that like crazy Walt Disney is getting ready to put his plan in right. motion. Uh, you see that the gears are beginning to to turn, and that Walker has Grant Walker has issued some of these robots to to begin the process to to get ready to to freeze all of Gotham City. Yeah, we should mention and, that his entire like um, force is robot. All of his followers are human. All of his actual workers are robot. Right. You can kill them with impunity, so we, basically. So we have we have these guys that are, are, are you know beginning to we have these robots that are beginning to flick these right. switches and put everything in motion. And in that moment, Batman does, again, one of the things that I think, we, we noticed this with the Flash on Justice League, uh, but it's just the idea of empathy. Yeah. It's the idea of being into, like, able to empathize with the right. villain and simply say, hey, would Nora want this? Right. Like, hey, Victor Freeze, would Nora, your wife, want this to because happen? Because at this point, if yeah. she, If she wakes up in this yeah. world that you have destroyed, and that you have completely frozen, is that the type of man that she's going to want to wake back up to? The man who has destroyed all and of this. And this goes back to, Everything she to loves. Sean's point at the beginning of the episode, where it's like, 
Freeze will do anything for Nora, but he's also doing everything for Nora. So it's it's one of these things where he has to, you know, uh, give Grant Walker this immortality in order to get another chance with Nora, but then Batman makes him realize, like, you're doing this so you can have a life together and she would never be with you if she figured out this is what you've done. So it's really messing with Freeze's right. head this entire time. But it leads to a cool moment because Freeze literally just walks over to both of them, picks them up by their ice belt, <laughs> and just shatters the whole thing in his gloved bare hands. Uh, and now it's Batman and Robin working with Mr. Freeze, which is pretty cool. Pretty cool moment. Right. You get these, these fun team-ups happen yes. a lot on this show, and so things like that are always entertaining to, to see what the pairing is going to be. And so in this moment, you have Mr. Freeze, and he... I don't know why they gave him that freeze gun. Walker must have been a real trusting dum dum because he, Mr. Freeze is just like I mean to everything. Like, that's my name around. is Mr. Freeze. I'm just gonna do yeah. what I do. He does the little like uh, Marvel Iceman thing where he like shoots the thing under his feet and he just kind of glides yeah, just, down whoosh. like it stares. Yeah, that's pretty great. And so you know, kind of fun to see him go through some of these oh, things. Oh, he lays and, waste know, he, to just like a whole line of these robots too. Everything. Like, you Robot know, secretaries just Walker. doing their job. And he's <laughs> gone. <laughs> Poor thing. We get the, we get this moment where Grant Walker now in this in the same super powered suit is coming towards him and is just like I'm gonna fuck yeah. you up. I got and, the strength, you know, and hits him hits him with a yeah, wrench. He starts he had you know, the robot is, claw at one point like starts to crack Mr. Freeze's dome. Yeah, right. So you get these moments, and then just Freeze just turns around and is just like bitch, settle, and just shoots him. Do you, do you remember what he said with the freeze ray? No, what it actually did, he didn't he say. Goes, you may live forever, Grant Walker, but your mad plans end now. Something like that. And it was so Such a great good because he's like half robotic, but just like just so cold and those red eyes in the center of his glasses. Ah. So good. And he freezes a sucker. Freezes yeah. him like a starfish. Freezes yeah. him. <laughs> and then he watches. He watches as uh, as all of his plans. Like he he cranks up the reactor so that it's going to explode. Yeah. And you hear Walker give that final plea. He's just like, that'll destroy everything. And then he freeze just turns around and just without saying a word, just shoots him in <laughs> the face and freezes his head. Now this, dude's, this dude is now like immortal, right? And he's frozen solid. Right. He can't go anywhere, but he's not going to die. Well, that's what you wanted. You wanted yeah. your immortality. And then there's, so a, there's they, another cool moment, though, that happens towards the end is like Batman's trying to get people out and trying to get him and Robin out, trying to get Freeze out. Again, Batman is saving, saving people. people. Batman is saving Including people. Including Mr. Freeze. Actually, he wants Freeze to get out of there. Mr. Too. Freeze is freezing people. Yeah. You know? And so, uh, you know, they, they're in the process of, of evacuating Oceana, mm-hmm. which I'm going to be honest yeah. with you. Oceana, because there's a pan at some point where you kind of see how big Gotham City is as opposed to, and it's sort of like a giant land bridge that's kind of coming out yeah. to Oceana. How? did gotham officials just allow somebody to create who zoned this fucking thing who issued a permit city of billionaires billionaire underwater city thing i mean built just complete autonomy from over like oversight dubai them crazy fuckers are building islands in the shape of palm trees just because they can so people do what they do this is what money gets you super villainy is i can't wait to be a billionaire Podcast. God, I'm gonna be so e- I'm gonna be we so guys evil. Are gonna be so evil. Come join us in Oceana. <laughs> but no, so this is great. As Oceana's just like blowing up and starting to like sink all around them. Um Batman and Robin getting people out, and then the last thing they're like, Freeze, you've gotta come with us. 
And he's like, I cannot leave Nora. And I'm just like, no, asshole, you gotta come with us. We gotta get you out of here. Like, you're gonna yeah, die. you're literally just gonna die. And then Freeze does something that was pretty cool. It was kind of a dick move, but it was also pretty cool. You remember what he did? So he... So Bat, he leaves to turn around, and Batman throws oh, yeah, like he, a grappling hook, yeah, like a tether, tether around him. him. Yeah. <laughs> he lasses and shoots him. And so in that moment, Mr. Freeze just looks at him and just flexes, and it bursts the yeah, rope. Like, good luck, Bats. He, he points, points the Freeze gun right at Robin, oh, right at Dick Grayson, mm. freezes him, like, from yeah. neck to <laughs> like, toe. I actually felt bad, because like, it looked like Robin was like, super cold at this point he just immediately starts oh, like yeah. i was like he's gonna yeah, he's die he's straight up gonna die he's got like 30 seconds and then he turns away from batman and just goes take the boy and leave now yeah. and that yeah. was it and just walks back into oceana right back to Nora. And, and batman does what i want to say is probably either the smartest it's the smartest the smartest and the dumbest thing. thing yes it's so chivalrous smartest, though. Thing, very chivalrous yes for your boy wonder he takes off reward. his Takes off his yep. cape, wraps it around yep. him, and just kind of baby carries him. He's like, "You're gonna be all right." He's carrying roughly, let's say, Robin weighs 150 pounds, right, soaking wet. He's got yeah, literally right. another 200 pounds of ice on him right now. So Batman is <laughs> cradling 350 pounds of frozen boy Wonder and just like slowly walking him over to like a, an escape ship or whatever. And he's like, yeah. "You're gonna be fine, Robin." So like. So like Ice Cube Boy yeah. Wonder is you see him as they're like they're driving away on this ship and he's just dripping just water still all wrapped in a cape floor, like <laughs> still wrapped in a cape. <laughs> but in those moments you sort of you see two additional yes. things. One made no sense to me. The you other see, one was very touching. Well you see you see Walker continuing like in that starfish frozen uh, yep. shape continuing to sink to the bottom and in those moments you sort of see a fish yeah, just kind whoop, of move whoop. past him. And you realize, like, oh, he's yeah. immortal and he's frozen. Oh no! Like he's stuck there indefinitely. Now, like he's gonna. My only problem was that ice would not sink like that. He would actually still float. But it's fine. Is there something to be said about whether or not his bones uh, are, are, if he's negative or positive buoyancy? I mean, cut to the next scene, and that kind of, even if that would be possible, I mean, I still think the ice would hold him up. He would have to be heavy as okay. yet to sink uh, an ice. Well, the of that suit. Size. The suit isn't the suit. He super heavy? okay, but then cut to the next scene, and it doesn't make sense because a similar right. thing is happening, but they're floating. But go ahead. This is a great scene, though. I love right. this closing scene. So we have this. We have this final moment. Well, where between for we see. Anyway, sorry. Right. So we have this final moment for for Victor Freeze, where we see that there's sort of this enclosure of ice that is sort of drifting away from from Oceana from everything else. Uh, and it's it's kind of kind of going out into the water to this other iceberg. It seems like it's out there. Or it seems other... like the entirety of Oceana kind of whatever didn't sink was like formed into an iceberg. So it's almost like this weird floating ice iceberg kind of mini city. Yeah. Right. And so you see Victor Freeze kind of floating in this ice enclosure, and inside is Nora, and you get this this side shot yeah. of of Nora standing there, and and Freeze kind of standing in front of her, uh, you know, kind of looking up at her. And then you get this one shot of him just kind of like reaching out, like with his hand, like touched like very delicately and very lovingly, like against the glass. Yeah. And you're just like, oh God, he, he lived. Like, you know, he just, he ultimately, he got what he wanted. 
And I think that that's what sort of makes it a beautiful story for me. Uh, It just, it always, it's always the cost. It's always like, at what cost does he get what he wants? And that's always what is just so heartbreaking. And then back in the Batcave, they do kind of make like a passing mention to this. They're like, you know, well, first of all, Robin is like thawed out. And he's like, man, if I had to spend another minute in that immersion tank, I'd have to grow gills or something silly. And uh, (laughs) then, then they're just like, hey, you know, Freeze is pretty much immortal, so there's a chance that he's still alive out there, right? And they basically just say, like, yeah, you know, if he survived, then I'm sure he's with Nora now one way or the other or something like that. Um, right. Those are really kind of, like, bittersweet, which is perfect for Freeze, but just, like, a nice ending for that particular episode. Because he's, like, a villain who, at this point, didn't really mean to do anything wrong, actually ended up saving some people, and then just, like, will live the rest of his unnaturally long life with his unnaturally pseudo-frozen wife in, like, this, this crazy uh but but touching relationship that they have right before we roll on is there anything else you wanted to mention from the two episodes i have i have something that we didn't really talk about too much but if you have anything else uh not from these not from these episodes my only thing was alfred we didn't talk about alfred he was so great in both of these didn't alfred has like the funniest kind of just like one-liners and just like off-the-cuff remarks like when batman goes out hunting man bat for like the second night alfred's just like (laughs) Oh my God! What does he call her? Something like Peggy or Maggie or something like that. Did he call her a socialite or some like weird kind of like slur? He called her some weird slur where it was just like, "Shall I call off your appointment with the socialite, Miss Maggie, or whatever the hell her name was?" <laughs> it was just like such a little turd. He had he was great though. Great moment. He, nothing flusters him. Nothing makes him like nothing ruffles his feathers. He's just like cool's a cute cool's a British cucumber. I mean, he's great. Alfred's great. Hmm. So like every facet of this show is great. I, I can't say enough. Anything else, bro? Uh, no, not about these episodes. Okay. I I do want to make uh, a mention of something that I as I was kind of reading through a lot of the yeah. episodes and and looking back on some of these, you know, lesser known villains. Uh. I will say the Wikipedia page that has the episode list is great because it actually gives you uh, the different villains for, for any of these episodes. Right. So if you're, if you're ever thinking to yourself like, oh, what was that episode with the ventriloquist or I'm looking for uh, Maxi yeah. Zeus, you know, or, or one of these Red characters Claw. that's on there. Right, God. <laughs> so if, I, if you're looking for, for any of these characters, it, you know, you definitely check that out and, and you can kind of narrow it down to exactly what episode you're looking for. Um, there was one episode that, for some reason, and I don't know why, as I was scrolling through, it's uh, episode 62. Mm-hmm. It's uh, His Silicone yeah. Soul. And uh, it's the, the villain in this is Hardak and the duplicate Batman. Mm-hmm. And this one is so interesting for me because uh, A, has Hardak, so we have Rossum in this episode. Uh, the interesting thing is there's just a note at the bottom of this that says the anime series The Big O was partially inspired by this one episode. That's interesting. That makes me really want to cover The Big O on like fairly soon upcoming episode. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to do I'd Big still o, love so to do I a would... Mecha month. That would be a really good one for Mecha. I'd like to include that. Let's do yeah, it. We'll put that on the list. Let's get into big it. Big O, Big O, Big O. The mythology of that story is just completely insane. It's bonkers. But I love it. It's one of the few action figures that I have that's like it's been on my desk for for ye, like twelve oh, something you mean years. The Mega Deuce. The Mega Deuce. <laughs> a terrible yeah. name for a robot. It's the worst. But uh, that the, the so worst. that episode actually does 
um, it's, a, it's a good segue into our 100th episode, which we'll talk about now rather than at yes. the end of this episode, because we are going to be bringing in a number of special guests who have joined us uh, over the past you know, almost two years on the show at various times, and they, along with us, are going to talk about our favorite villains and their best moments from this series. And the episode that Sean mentioned may or may not be on that list. You'll have to tune in to find out. But we're going to have a lot of voices on the next one. Um, So definitely tune in. We're not going to cover everybody's favorite, but we'll probably pick up at least one of your favorites uh, from everything we're going to talk about. So if you guys hear this episode and you have any suggestions for things that you'd like us to talk about on that upcoming episode or just just feel free to share your favorite memories of uh, Batman the Animated Series and specifically the villains with us. And we'll, we'll see if we can do a shout out for you on the next episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Until then, Sean, buddy, what do you have going on over the next couple of weeks? Oh, man. Um, I am. Uh, I will have just competed in the Washington, D.C. 48-hour film festival. Competed and won. So uh, we won't know if we've won until after, actually, until after episode 100 airs. So, uh, so fingers crossed. I'm not really. I just, we have a lot of fun with it. So we're, we're very excited. So uh, we'll be doing that. Uh, so you can check that out uh, by searching uh, 48 Hour Film DC online. Uh, I also want to say and give a shout out to a really fun little project that I did recently that was in DC with something called Little Salon DC. Mm. If you are not familiar with Little Salon DC, uh, definitely check them out. Find them on Instagram and Facebook. They do, they do unusual art in unusual spaces and it was I got arrested fantastic for that once, to be a part so i hope it was enjoyable <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun we actually we a woman volunteered her townhouse mm-hmm. and we took it over and built installation art um into it with audio video dance poetry uh and a live theater interactive experience for all the people who came in and so oh. uh, it was a really fun a uh, thing that we had a chance to do uh, with a lot of friends in Columbia Heights within DC. And nice. so if you're interested, please check out uh, Little Salon DC. Actually, a friend of the show, Melanie Harker, was also uh, involved uh, with that as well. Uh, as always, I'm doing improv uh, in DC with Washington Improv Theater. I will be performing, as always, with Knox. That's N O X exclamation point. And we've got a slew of shows that are coming up in the May and June timeframe. And as always, you can check them out at witdc.org. I am forever on the Instagrams and the Twitters. And you can find out actually a lot more information because I posted a ton of stuff from uh, Little Salon DC. So you can check me out at Sean Paul Ellis. I will be there for the rest of my life. I was going to say. sells my information <laughs> to, hard to people once I'm dead. To hard act. <laughs> to hard act. And then they'll create duplicate <laughs> Dave, what do you got going on? No, I thought it was funny that I thought. <laughs> duplicate I thought your name was uh, at forever on Twitter and Instagram. At forever. at forever but apparently it was not it was sean paul ellis uh, uh, i'm not on instagram don't know what it is but i am on twitter at dr claw md you can also find me over at collider.com i'll be finishing up the last few episodes of arrow here uh, recapping them as well and then i'm done with recap for a long time so uh we do have other yeah. things like uh the flash is still going on game of thrones we have recaps for that as well and fear the walking dead so feel free to come on over to collider.com Check those out. You can also find my writing on Nerdist. Uh, I'm a science freelancer for them as well. And if you're curious about my own, uh, you know, short fiction, you can head over to davetrumbore.com. I've got some of my stories posted up there. If you're interested in finding out more about Saturday Morning Cartoons, you can do so at our website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Remember, that's morning with a U. You can also follow us on Twitter 
at Morning Tunes. Check out Sean's handiwork on our Tumblr page, saturdaymorningcartoons.tumblr.com. You guys have been awesome on our Facebook page. Uh, we're getting more and more likes, more and more comments, more and more smiling faces every single week, and it's fantastic. Guys are great. We love, we love talking with you guys, too, and sharing these memories. It's literally the reason that we started this show. So thank you very much, and we hope you continue to do the same. We also have a YouTube account, so feel free to listen and or watch our episodes there. And if you'd like to just listen to audio only, you can do so through Audacity and iTunes each and every week for the price of $0.00. Also, feel free to contact us through email, saturdaymorningcartoons.gmail.com. .gmail.com? That's never been a thing. You want to you no, do that No, I'm good. People figured out. You guys are so smart. You're the smartest listeners and friends ever. Uh, guess what? This is only part one of two. We're halfway there. Halfway to success. Batman the Animated Series Part 2 coming at ya. We already told you what it's going to be about, but just in case you were fading out, it's about the villain. The rogues gallery. The best moments. The antagonists. The crazies. The psychopaths. The inmates. Anything else you got? Anything else? No, I think yeah, you covered all the bases. bases. All right. No, we're looking forward to Can't it. It's going to be great. And we're going to be joined by a lot of friendly faces as well. So uh, we hope to see you next time. And as always, thank you for listening. This has been Saturday Morning Cartoons.